Hey, hey, what's up out there? Welcome in. Long time no talk, everybody. It is the Starting Lineup Podcast. We're back here for this week's episode. I say we, but really, it's just your boy, Travis Sparks, here hanging out with you. And we got some sports to uh, discuss. Eric is uh, not going to uh, be here this week. He is on vacay. Must be nice, right? Got some uh, good uh, topics to uh, discuss here on the uh, podcast. Lots to uh, talk about over the past week since we last joined you on the uh, podcast. Of course, going to be hitting up on everything in Major League Baseball post-All-Star break as, hey, how about them Cardinals playing good at the start of the second half? Wish it would be for something besides climbing out of last place in the Central, but we'll get into everything. Baseball coming up in just a second. Also hit up on some NFL as some news in the lack of running backs getting paid. Hit up on that as training camps and OTAs. Currently, I start to uh, ramp up as we get closer and closer to the month of August. That means preseason of football. It means kickoff just right around the uh, corner and all sorts of uh, split football. And we'll hit up on uh, some uh, golf stuff as well. The Open Championship. That's right. It's time to wake up early, bright and early, and to start your day with uh, some uh, golf this weekend. With uh, that being over in England, we'll hit up on that as well. And it's just some news and notes from the last time we left off here with you as well. So we'll hit up on some NASCAR as well, and we'll recap NASCAR, pick them, and we will take a look at the playoff picture as we have six races to go before the playoffs for NASCAR is underway. So we'll hit up on that, or I'll hit up on that very Shortly, of course, the uh, starting lineup and uh, the starting lineup podcast would not be possible without the uh, fine uh, folks from uh, McMahon Meets Tingley Insurance Agency, Worth Computer Repair, and uh, Topless State uh, Bank. So, we appreciate uh, them for sponsoring the show. So, all right, without further ado, well, let's uh, get it as we got a lot of topics here to uh, get to. I'll get to a uh, baseball here in a, a second but as I mentioned the Open Championship is going to be uh, this weekend and I write down some podcast topics here and one of the first things that I wrote down and I was at first I wasn't sure what the heck I was even talking about but it was uh, I wrote down McElroy retires that's it I was like, did Roy McIlroy retire? And I just completely forgot about it. No, that was the uh, comments uh, that he made uh, prior to the uh, start of the uh, Scottish Open uh, there to kind of uh, get prepped for the Open and Championship uh, beginning. It was uh, That was his retirement comments was in response to a question about live golf uh, there. They had a, a senatorial hearing in the... Uh, an investigation uh, being talked about with the uh, Saudi public investment fund and the PGA agreement uh, that they had. And because of the hearing, some documents may were made public. And so uh, there were some pretty uh, good details here that were released here to uh, the uh, public. A uh, 276-page document was opened up for a public viewing of that detailed communications, proposals, and other important points about the uh, uh, PJ deal uh, with the Asadi Public Investment Fund. Within the document, Live Golf, they proposed that Roy McElroy and a Tiger Woods would own a Live Golf teams and play in at least 10 Live Golf events. <laughs> oh, that's not going to fly, right? Uh, Roy McElroy was asked about this before the uh, Scottish Open, and he mentioned that if Live Golf was the last place to play golf on earth, I would retire, he told the Golf Channel. That's how I feel about it. I'd play in the majors, but I'd be pretty comfortable with that. So, shot down the idea of owning a live golf team. That would be very hypocritical of Rory to do that. And Tiger Woods has been silent on this whole deal. Uh, he hasn't made much comments in the way of live golf anyways, but also he's been radio silent on this deal uh, that PGA and uh, the public investment fund had. So I haven't really heard anything uh, from that, but uh, wanted to own 
McElroy and Tiger Woods own teams. Good luck with that. Obviously, that it did not fly uh, there. And uh, there were some other uh, details that uh, were released, including uh, Rory had a uh, meeting between the uh, governor of the uh, PIF, and that occurred in late 2022. And Rory talked about him and uh, the governor running in the same type of circles uh, there in the golf world uh, there. So, uh, hey, and then uh, Roy made those comments. No worry about retirement here as not going to uh, live golf or play in any of those events. He did go ahead and win the uh, Scottish Open this uh, past weekend. So uh, Rory coming in hot for the Open Championship uh, this weekend and Roy has had some good success here at the Royal Liverpool Golf Club. That's where it's going to be in England this weekend. He won here at Royal Liverpool in 2014. And last year, uh, Cam Smith hoisted the uh, Claret Jug uh, there. Some interesting uh, tee times for uh, the Open Championship this weekend. Roy McIlroy is going to be matched up in the first two days in a threesome with John Rahm and uh, Justin Rose. They'll tee off at 9.59 Eastern on Thursday, and that pales in comparison to the early tee time of 4.58 a.m. Eastern on Friday for the second round uh, there. It's been a nine-year drought without winning a major for Rory McIlroy, and he'll try to change that uh, this weekend. Uh, some other interesting uh, pairings there at the Open Championship. As I mentioned, the defending champ, Cam Smith, he is going to be teeing it off with U.S. Open champion Wyndham Clark and Xander Shafley as well. 4.58 a.m. Eastern on Thursday and then flip-flops 9.59 a.m. Eastern on a Friday. Scotty Scheffler, he's going to be in a threesome with Tommy Fleetwood and Adam Scott. They'll go off at 4.47 a.m. Eastern on Thursday, 9.48 a.m. Eastern on a Friday. Other featured groups include Jordan Spieth, Mats Fitzpatrick, and Jason Day teeing up at 4.03 a.m. Eastern on Thursday and 9 a.m. Eastern on Friday. Patrick Cantley and a PGA champion and a live golfer Brooks Kepka and Hideki Matsuyama will tee off at 4.36 a.m. Eastern on Thursday. Victor Hovland, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas in a threesome as well. And Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, and Tyrell Hatton going to be teeing off in a threesome as well so there's some of the uh, notable tea times as like i said it's a tradition like no other with the open championship here in uh, the states as we gotta wake up bright and early to watch some uh, golf over there across the uh, pond and of course weather seems to always be an issue here in england it just seems like it's always gray drizzly rainy and that's exactly what it's going to be here for the weekend. It's going to be breezy. It's going to be cold and also some rainy conditions as well. So uh, we'll see if that affects the golf there as well, depending on what uh, the tee times are uh, for uh, the threesomes, especially to get off to a, an early start here in a major as well as I saw that the out of bounds is pretty tight there on 18 as that's been kind of discussed as we've kind of ramped up uh, as we got closer to uh, the uh, weekend. But I'm definitely driving it OB uh, there on 18 with it as close as it is to uh, the uh, fairway. I don't know what we're doing with international rules or anything like that, but uh, that's a super tight window. No room for error there on 18 for the Open Championship there at Royal Liverpool there this weekend. So that's what we will be uh, looking out for coming up this weekend. You know, I'll be tuned in uh, for that. Also, uh, uh, last week, uh, I definitely had to highlight this and mention this, uh, that I saw that the NCAA tournament expansion, uh, you've kind of heard some rumblings about that. Well, have no fear, expansion is not imminent in January, the NCAA Division I Transformation Committee released a report recommending several changes to college sports, including allowing 25% of teams in a sports sponsored by at least 200 schools to compete in annual championship events. And that means for men's and women's college basketball, that could potentially mean the uh, tournament field expanding from 68 teams 
to as many as 90 teams. Get the bleep out of here with this. You all know my feelings about the NCAA tournament, about not finding the right way to crown a champion and the best final four teams there. But, hey, we love the chaos and whatnot. We take the good with the bad there. And uh, it's already good the way it is. People like it the way it is. So this is just a, a committee trying to be too cute with stuff and tweaking stuff that doesn't need to be tweaked. And 90 teams, that's going to water it down even more than it already is. That's insane. We should not be expanding to a 90 bleeping teams in the NCAA tournament. It's just fine the way it is. So uh, that is a big thumbs down uh, for me if that could potentially happen in the uh, future. Uh, but it uh, looks like it's safe that it's not intimate uh, there. Last week was the ESPYs, uh, as it was happening uh, last week as we dropped uh, last week's episode. And uh, LeBron James, he uh, oh, was there in attendance, uh, and he was accepted the ESPY award for the best record-breaking performance for passing Kareem on the NBA all-time leading scores list, which make Eric happy. He said that if uh, LeBron didn't win it, it would be a travesty of justice. And, well, justice was served. He did end up winning the award. And he also uh, put the kibosh on retirement as well. Of course, just after losing a, a playoff series, he kind of was cryptic about whether he was going to hang up the laces or not. Well, uh, have no fear, LeBron fans. He's not going anywhere. As uh, he said, I don't care how many more points I score or what I can or cannot do on the floor. The real question for me is, can I play without cheating this game? The day I can't give everything on the floor is the day I'll be done. And lucky for you guys, that day is not today. So have no fear. The king will be back. I didn't think there was any fear of him retiring as well hey he's got to play some basketball with the people that he brought up on stage with him that's right Bronny Jr. and his uh, sorry that, that is uh, the whole story here of uh, LeBron James and uh, Bronny Jr. and his brother don't know what his brother's name is I do apologize but uh, he's got to play with at least Bronny and Jr. Uh, there and I did see a crazy idea of kicking around the idea of possibly what four or five years away uh, that the uh, youngest son is potentially could be LeBron could be waiting for that I don't see that happening I definitely see him teaming up with uh, Bronny Jr. no matter where he goes whether it's projected in Atlanta or anywhere else. I haven't really seen a mock draft uh, projecting where uh, Bronny Jr. would be uh, going in like a second or third mock draft of the NBA. But uh, I do know that LeBron James is not retiring there. All right, let's hit up on uh, some MLB. Lots to uh, hit up on uh, since we joined you last. Uh, if we had a top three moments from the uh, sports weekend, this definitely would have make it. Uh, the Yankees, man, they are not off to a, a great start to start off the second half, of course, still without Aaron Judge. Buster Olney kicked around the idea that they needed a trade for Shohei Otani. Hey, who doesn't need a trade for Shohei Otani, but... Uh, this would have made my uh, top ten, top three uh, from the uh, sports weekend. Uh, the uh, Yankees announcer jinx of all jinx as uh, Alan Triajo. He stepped up to the plate, and as the Yankees announcer said he hasn't hit a home run yet this season, he sent one over the wall for a walk-off home run, and the Yankees bullpen blows it. Speaking of the Yankees bullpen blowing it, oh man, was that bat flip epic from speaking of Otani. He had his 35th homer on Monday, and he had that epic bat flip, and that tied the game there, and the Angels would eventually win it in extra innings over the Bronx Bombers there. Ah man, I definitely retweeted that on Twitter. Uh, that was a, uh awesome bat flip uh, there. So uh, Shohei. Doing good things, and he also he had a triple the other night as well. That leads the majors or ties the major league lead with triples this season. So this man can literally do everything. Hey, the Cardinals, they started out good with the 
uh, second half. They took two out of three on the weekend against uh, the uh, Nationals, and it was a rain-filled weekend as well. Just talked about the Open Championship and could be a drizzly uh, weekend there over in England. It was a drizzly uh, weekend in St. Louis as well. Uh, Friday night, the rain came and uh, uh, it was in the third inning when it was uh, postponed. It bothered me that it was on a 3-2 pitch and Paul Goldschmidt was at the plate. I think there was two outs in the inning as well. I definitely know it was a 3-2 pitch and uh, the uh, umpires uh, said no more, pulling everybody off the field and pulling the tarp on the field. That would not be the last time the tarp would be on the field uh, there, but uh, of course, of course, the Cardinals would uh, lose uh, the first game of the doubleheader on uh, Saturday, and uh, started off the uh, second half just how the first half went. Uh, but Cardinals did right the uh, ship as uh, the rain came there on a Saturday as well, but that did not uh, cool off the uh, Cardinals' bats and. Flashing the leather on defense as well. Nice play from Alec Burleson, uh, who just had a great weekend uh, there. And he had a flashy uh, rob robbery of a home run on Saturday. And Jordan Walker flashing the leather as well. Nice grab late in the game on a Saturday as well. And it was a nice grab because, yeah, boy. Yeah, boy, was there on a Saturday. That's right, boots on the ground there on a Saturday. I was in attendance for that game. Had to take shelter before the game as it just downpoured. I mean, uh, it was uh, blowing, and uh, they had us evacuate to the uh, stairwell there. And uh, so it was really uh, nuts there in the ballpark for a while, but they did eventually get going. I was there for the Albert Pools bobblehead, you know, that I had to go uh, for that. They celebrated his 703rd home run. That was the uh, bobblehead that they were giving away there on a Saturday. Burleson had himself a night, like I mentioned, his nice catch, but he also homered as well. He was 3 for 4 at the uh, plate. Steven Matz, I was that he had a, a nice start to the game at least. He had that awesome pitching performance right before the All-Star break with the White Sox. It started off good on Saturday, but uh, he would eventually get tagged and uh, the Nationals would end up tying it up there. But the Cardinals did a nice job and their offense was really good over the weekend against the Nats. And as soon as the Nationals tied it there in the fifth inning, the Cardinals came right back and responded and took the lead back uh, there. And, of course, the Cardinals can never make it easy as uh, the Nationals did score two runs in the ninth inning. But, hey, Cardinals they got it done uh, there on Saturday night. And they got it done on a Sunday as well, taking a two of three. And it's been an excellent start to the series against the Marlins as well. How about this? I don't know how I feel about this. I'm kind of torn. You know, I know as a real fan, probably shouldn't be cheering for the team to lose and whatnot and be completely sellers like things are looking like. And John Mozalak is finally coming around on the idea that, hey, we might need some pitching. That probably would have been good to realize in December or January of last year. But that's either neither here nor there. Looks like that is going to the uh, be the main focus in some conversations that he's had with uh, media members. Uh, he said that that is the main focus, pitching, pitching, pitching. Well, it's about darn time there, Mo. But uh, he doesn't see any other way uh, besides rebuilding the rotation in a uh, comeback in a two th- uh, 2024 uh, there, so that was nice to uh, realize. I guess never late then, uh, never uh, from uh, that aspect uh, there. And uh, I do know one thing. Like I said, I'm not sure how to feel about this. I kind of, if they're wonder completely not, you know, complete tear down or whatnot. But if they are looking to uh, uh, ship off some people like uh, Montgomery, who had a nice pitching performance uh, the other night against Miami. Um, also, uh, Tyler O'Neill on the chopping block, even though it doesn't really look like it, uh, because they said that he was the everyday outfielder there in a left field. But ever since they said that and they brought him back up from Memphis, he hasn't been in a game since. And it's kind of a shame, uh, Dylan Carlson 
ever since uh, that he returned from his injury. He's been solid out in the outfield, and I know that it's crowded with Newt Barr, Walker, and Burleson as well with as well as Alex has played uh, this season, but. Uh, DC has been outstanding, and this man has gone through some turmoil uh, there. Uh, because if you remember last year, Cardinals didn't make the Juan Soto deal because the asking price was too high. And the one thing was we weren't going to trade Dylan Carlson. And here we are a year later coming up towards the deadline. That is one of the names on the uh, chopping block, and he has he's been playing really well. Uh, there, so we could see a DC sheeped off, anyways. So I don't know why we didn't end up making the move, anyways. But that's neither here nor there. I guess one of the reasons why we didn't make the deal was also because Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn they were asking for that in Washington as well. But it seemed like the deal breaker for the Cardinals was Dylan Carlson. Uh, there, we're just gonna turn around a year later and uh, get rid of him. So uh, also. Uh, one thing that I uh, noticed as well, I kind of am disappointed in the uh, start to the second half. It's like, where was this in the first half? This team looks like they have a little bit of fight. They look to be uh, maybe that all-star break was just what they needed to reset and didn't start out well on Saturday, but, uh, you know, took two of three and now took two of three as I'm recording this uh, of Miami. So they've been playing well to start off the break after the break. And where was this in the first half? I don't know. Wish it would have came a little bit sooner that we're not talking about uh, trading off some people and acquiring some pitching assets uh, for next season, particularly some of those guys that are under contract for next season as well. But here we are. We're in this situation. And one thing I did notice there on a Saturday is that along with this winning that we're starting to do in the second half, it's starting to prove the organization right that the players that we have in-house could turn this around and we don't need to make moves and we don't need to do anything drastic to turn things around and make drastic changes to improve the club to try to get back to the playoffs and the winning ways that the Cardinals are so used to uh, there. So that's what I that's why I don't like it that we're starting to pick it up and starting to win again because it just shows this, this front office that well, they're right in their beliefs and uh, whatnot and it's not exactly not exactly what we need uh, there and I know that we talked about it last year with the uh, Cubs and I believe it was last year and uh, the time where the Cubbies were shipping off everybody uh, Eric pleaded with the fan base of uh, Chicago to not go to not attend these games at Wrigley Field because of the uh, price of attending a game there at Wrigley, with, especially with the players that they're putting on the field. But we're going to see some wholesale changes. We need to hit the Cardinals where it hurts. In the pocketbooks, they're not going to change anything because why would they? Because 40,000 people are still showing up to the games every night, including on Saturday. I know the first game was sparsely. Uh, attended, but that was just because the game from the previous night, it was the makeup. Uh, but Saturday was full. Maybe that was because of the uh, bobblehead uh, there. But uh, the stadium looked packed to me on Saturday. There was only kind of one section, I think up in the 300s, uh, that wasn't very uh, packed. But everything else, 40,000 people is the average attendance for uh, the Cardinals in the first half. So... There you go. Why would they change anything if 40,000 are coming through the turnstiles every night? They're making their money uh, either way. So uh, if the Cardinals should end up starting to lose, maybe we should stop going uh, to games there. But it looks like the Cardinals have no plans on losing in the second half. Also, I noticed that a lot of soccer fans were there in uh, St. Louis on a Saturday for a city's game. That's right, uh, they had a, a game, and sure enough, it was against Inter-Miami. No, Messi was not there. He was introduced, uh, I believe, on Sunday, so they had to fly back from the game in St. Louis on Saturday and then introduce uh, Messi on a Sunday. It was a rainy day in Miami, but I didn't deter anyone from coming to the introduction ceremony for Messi. Hey, you don't blame him, but a lot of fans were there. Uh, wearing soccer jerseys. I know they had a soccer giveaway for the uh, game on Friday night, but 
uh we were there we checked out me and my uh group of friends we checked out the armory there in uh, st louis one of the newer uh, venues there they have a ton of games and it looks like a nice place to catch a concert but uh there was a lot of city fans uh there before the uh, soccer game uh pre-game and uh there at uh, the armory so it uh, looks like uh and i saw that it was a sellout on a saturday as well so soccer doing good things and it also helps that the team is doing uh well in its first season uh there but uh saturday was hopping in the way of uh, sports in st louis and uh your boy was there had a front row seat to it all there and i might need to go to a city game eventually i think the season only has a couple more months left and we only have a select few uh, games left in the regular season so uh, time's running out on uh, that aspect i've actually never been to the uh, soccer stadium either i've driven past it but uh, never been inside obviously and kind of game or anything or a concert or anything like that so uh, that may have to change very very soon also, something that I've been uh, doing as of late, I think I started it on uh, the uh, weekend as well, and I think I mentioned it last time on the uh, podcast as well, but I started it, and I'm on the season finale. I just watched, watched the second to last episode the other night. Quarterback on Netflix is outstanding, man. It is so good. Uh, it's just like the full swing documentary on uh, golf It is a series that is by Omaha Productions, and Peyton Manning is front and center on the opening episode, at least, and his name is all over the production there as well. Quarterback follows, of course, if you don't know anything about it, it follows three quarterbacks this past NFL season, Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota as well. Patrick Mahomes, he's great, uh, just like he is on the uh, football field. I kind of turned things around with his wife, Brittany, there. Uh, She seemed kind of annoying in social media land, uh, especially uh, last season with some of her antics. And for the first episodes, I kind of changed my opinion about her. Maybe she's not so bad, but this last one, man, she was very annoying up in uh, the uh, booth. Uh, there so I was like well maybe my first impression (laughs) wasn't too far off uh, from there but man what a revelation it's been for Kirk Cousins oh my gosh this guy is awesome he's just an everyday guy man I feel sorry for every bad thing that I've ever said about him because Kirk Cousins is great in the quarterback series he just seems like a cool dude Uh, seems like the team uh, there in Minnesota, love him, and uh, you know I just love the kind of polar opposites of how they carry their lives. You know, Patrick Mahomes has MVPs and a Super Bowl, and him and his wife Brittany just seem like the Hollywood couple. Uh, they're the they just showed him on the second to last episode of Patrick building his house. And I think it's complete now. I've seen pictures on social media about it, but at the time he was just building it. So he has this big starting to build this nice big house. Him and his wife seem pretty Hollywood and they go to all big parties, fancy dresses, sunglasses, the fashion for Patrick Mahomes. And then Kirk cousins and his wife are complete opposites. And, the first episode, uh, Kurt's wife just says, yeah, we shop. we're just like everyday people. We shop at Target. We shop at Sam's Club and whatnot. So uh, the cousins are awesome. And Kurt, I apologize for every bad thing uh, that I said about you. And it was also uh, revealing just how the wear and tear on the body it is for quarterbacks as well as uh, just NFL players in general like Kirk has uh, uh, away from the team has people that come to his house like chiropractors and it gets them right for the game so you have the Vikings staff and he has two personal chiropractors there that actually visit him at his house weekly just to get him ready to play on a Sunday or Thursday or whatever it is. I'm sure it's the same with everybody else in the NFL. But Kurt was beat up last year. He had problems with his ribs, his ankle, his neck, and whatnot. And they just showed on the last episode of 
just him venting in the car with his wife on the drive back home to their house after last year's playoff loss to the uh, Giants uh, there. So, uh, man, Kirk Cousins, revelation as he is the, uh, I think, the star of the quarterback series as a Marcus Mariota also is revealed to be just a nice guy as well. He seems pretty cool, chill down to earth. And one of the reasons why his story is intriguing is he got benched there in Tennessee, of course, and he signed with Vegas. He was a backup. He filled in a little bit when Derek Carr went down with some injuries and now he signed with Atlanta. He was going to be the number one guy there. He, he re-upped with his coach that was there in Tennessee with the new head coach in in Atlanta. And then uh, Falcons started losing, you know, started off the season not very well. A lot of close wins for the Vikings last year, but I didn't quite realize just how a lot of close games that Atlanta had as well. And then he's dealing with uh, stuff at home. He's about to have his first child and his wife gives birth to their first daughter and then right around that same time, he gets benched again for Desmond Riddler. And so uh, Marcus kind of goes AWOL uh, there and just kind of revealed that he stepped away from the team and he went back to Las Vegas where he still has a home and whatnot and just kind of st- stepped away from the team to be with his family. And he also had some surgery that uh, people in Vegas may or may not have known about and yeah, he's kind of been put on the back burner now with uh, Kirk Cousins in the playoffs and Patrick Mahomes as well. That's the last episode that I watched. It's Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I wonder what's going to happen uh, there. I wonder if he's going to overcome his ankle injury uh, there. And also, I wonder who he's going to face in the AFC Championship game uh, as well. So I can't recommend a quarterback enough. Uh, definitely a, a great show. And... Uh, we already knew who Patrick Mahomes was. He's kind of front center with MVPs and Super Bowls. But uh, Kirk Cousins, the star of the show in uh, the quarterback series there. Uh, they did actually, Netflix did actually announce that they're going to be doing a, a season two of quarterbacks. So isn't it ironic how, uh, you know, Kirk had one of the Vikings were one of the better teams with a better record. It's 13 wins last year, and Patrick Mahomes ends up going, or I wonder if he is going to go to the Super Bowl or not. So two successful quarterbacks uh, there. I did make uh, some names here, jot down some names of some quarterbacks that I would like to see on this season uh, for uh, quarterback. I think Joe Burrow is a slam dunk. I would love to see him uh, there on the show. I think Josh Allen has had some drama in his personal life, and the drama there in Buffalo as well would be nice to uh, take a look at. And you would think that both the Bengals and uh, Buffalo have an opportunity to go really far in the uh, postseason. I'd also kind of like to see the story of Derek Carr as well, kind of the redemption story there in uh, New Orleans. And I would also like to see Jordan Love as well. I don't know a lot about Jordan and it would be a nice peek inside the helmet uh, there of uh, uh, the pressures that Jordan is facing with taking over from uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, there. I also could see uh, guys like Daniel Jones. He's probably a good story. He's trying to earn some money on his contract. So is Saquon Barkley there, I guess. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I would kind of like to see him. We saw flashes of him with the game uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, Matthew Stafford as well from the perspective of uh, we don't know how much longer he's got got in him with the injuries that he's suffered, uh, not only with his concussions but the uh, shoulder injuries as well. Uh, Tua may be a good person to uh, take a look at as well. Uh, Justin Fields, I'm sure the Bears fans would uh, like to see inside of there. If you're going with some rookies, maybe Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson uh, from a rookie perspective uh, there, but I can't uh, recommend quarterbacks, uh, quarterback enough on Netflix there. Let's keep up the NFL news and uh, notes as DeAndre Hopkins. He is the new man there in Tennessee. That's right. He was probably going to be either the Patriots or the Titans, and he ended up signing with the Titans. I have no idea why. 
Tennessee doesn't even know who their quarterback is. Obviously, you know, Patriots know who their quarterback is in uh, Mac Jones. Maybe not the most explosive offense, and it had some turmoil last season of who's calling plays. But Tennessee, hmm, I don't know if I love this move, uh, especially with uh, your boy having DeAndre Hopkins on his fantasy team there. We'll see how that all works out. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins, now a a Tennessee Titan uh, there. I believe that happened on Sunday. I got the news as I was eating brunch there, and it popped up on the uh, breaking news. So it worked out so well with Julio Jones. Why would Hopkins sign with Tennessee? I don't know. But uh, we'll have to see who the quarterback is throwing to him, and we'll see how successful DeAndre is as well. Some other NFL news and uh, notes that happened in the early part of uh, this week as there was a a signing deadline of people locking in their long-term contracts or they're going to hold out coming into a training camp and no long-term deals were done with the running backs of Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard as well. And Adam Schefter tweeted out that the last time a running back signed a long-term contract worth over $10 million per year was Nick Chubb in 2021. And that was 716 days ago. So been quite a while and has caused a stir in the NFL of whether you should pay these running backs or not. Looks like they, uh, at least at least I saw uh, Shefty tweet out that Barkley and uh, Jacobs look to be holdouts of a training camp uh, there. So, hey, running backs feel disrespected. I know Jonathan Taylor was uh, tweeted out something on uh, Twitter about it. Derrick Henry was vocal about it, and Austin Eckler as well was uh, vocal about him. Uh, he did get he did request to get traded, but uh, Eckler's not going anywhere uh, there. I think he signed a little bit of a deal to uh, for the time being, at least uh, there. But uh, running backs not getting paid in the NFL. So we'll look to see how long those holdouts are there. All right, let's uh, switch things over to uh, Major League Baseball. And let's take a look at uh, some things that have been happening uh, post-All-Star break since the last time that uh, we uh, left you. And also, Tuesday night in Major League Baseball was an historic night there in MLB. And that is exactly where we we will start because um, July 18th was an historic night for offense in the sport of baseball. Uh, It had uh, four separate games ended with both teams scoring at least 10 runs, tying the all-time MLB record for the most such games in a day. The other two instances of this came on July 4th and July 9th, a few years ago, 19 of 1894. Yes, 1894, a season in which the average team scored 7.38 runs a game. Hello, live ball era. How about that? 7.38 runs per game. That's compared to a 4.60 average in 2023 for this year. And a a season that was only, and that season in 1894 was the only MLB's MLB's second one using the current mound distance of 60 feet, 6 inches. The four games that that took place last night with both teams scoring double-digit runs were first up the Mets. Uh, They beat the White Sox 11-10. New York jumped out to leads of 8-2 and 11-4 before the White Sox scored six runs in the final three innings to make the game a little bit closer. The Mets had four home runs in the game, including two home runs from Francisco Alvarez uh, there. The next game was a doozy. Was it game of the year, question mark? No, they had that exciting game, the Reds. Uh, I think it was against the Braves, but it was that, I think it was the game that uh, Ellie De La Cruz, he did some things. It was the one they had the cycle. But Tuesday night may have taken the cake and surpassed that. Arizona defeated the uh, Braves 16-13 to in an absolute slugfest. 
It was the first time both teams scored 13-plus runs through the first eight innings of a game since the Yankees and Red Sox did it in the 2019 London Series. And it's the only instance in D-backs history of both Arizona and its opponents scoring at least 13 runs in a game. Atlanta's Austin Riley and uh, Diamondbacks' Christian Walker both had a pair of home runs each. Next game, the Royals, they defeated the Tigers 11-10. Kansas City had an 11-6 lead entering the top of the ninth before Detroit put up a four spot and almost completed a comeback. Uh, The Tigers' Spencer Torkelson had two homers as well. Well, this is a very interesting stat. The Royals had 11 runs, but they did it without any player hitting a home run. So, hey, the offense was working, just not the long ball. And finally, the fourth game on a Tuesday night was the Giants defeating the Reds 11-10. Wilmer Flores hit two home runs after San Francisco won a a doubleheader as uh, they finished up the game from Monday as San Francisco won a 4-2. And then both offenses explode for double-digit runs. And it's also crazy that these four games... None of them went to extra innings. So both teams scoring double digits saying no extra run innings were needed. Plus, on top of those games, you had other games in which the Dodgers scored 10, the Guardians scored 10, the Cubs, they put up a 17 spot on the Nationals, and the Twins also had 10 runs as well. They all scored at least 10 runs, meaning that a staggering 12 teams finished the day with runs, totals in the double digits. This set the MLB record within the modern era since 1900 via the Elias Sports Bureau. The all-time mark is on a July 4th, 1894, when 13 teams did it there. Plus, you had all those runs scored, plus all those guys going yard. Austin Riley, Christian Walker, Alvarez, Torkelson, and Flores and you go to that Cleveland's Josh Naylor also homered twice and a 10 to 1 win over the Pirates. That's the first time this season that six players each had multiple home runs on the same day. If you're wondering that the all-time mark is 10 players did it on the same day of multi home run games there. So absolutely insane stuff happening on a Tuesday night there in Major League baseball uh so it looks like that pitch clock really helping out with the uh, run scored uh there and let's take a look at what has happened since the post all-star break for major league baseball and uh, let's just start out in the american league as uh, the east the teams of uh, tampa baltimore toronto boston and in new york they're all fighting for playoff positioning whether it's in the actual standings or it's in uh, the wild card uh, tampa they uh, started out uh, good they won two in a row but then they've dropped the last three and uh, they'll finish up with texas tonight and then uh, baltimore they started off by sweeping the Marlins, uh, but then they've dropped the last two to the uh, Dodgers as I'm recording here today. Big series uh, coming up uh, this weekend, a four-game setter with Baltimore and uh, Tampa with uh, the uh, Rays currently holding a one-game lead in the AL East right now. Uh, Toronto, they've started off 3-1. Uh, and one. Uh, they're going to finish up with uh, the Padres on Thursday, and then they got a weekend series with the uh, Mariners. Uh, Boston, they have come out of the All-Star uh, Gates 3-2. and two. Uh, They're off on Thursday, but then they got a weekend series with the Mets. And the Yankees, they've been stumbling 1-4 and four to begin the uh, second half. And also an interesting uh, stat with the uh, Yankees. The Yankees are in sole possession of last place in the AL East through 95 games for the first time since 1990. So Yankees are bad, and they're historically bad uh, there, at least from uh, Yankee standards. As yes, as I'm recording, they are still in last place. Uh, they got an easy weekend series, though, with the uh, Royals there, so they're trying to get things back on track. Uh, we also have uh, in the uh, Central, Minnesota and uh, Cleveland fighting for the division. Minnesota started out pretty hot. 
uh, post All Star break. They're four and one. They swept the A's and uh, they've uh, split with uh, Seattle uh, here. And they'll finish up their four game set with the Mariners on Thursday, and they'll start a weekend series with the White Sox. Uh, the Guardians, however, they got swept by uh, the uh, Rangers, uh, but then they've won two in a row, and uh, they won the other night 11 to nothing, and then uh, uh, 10 to one as well as I mentioned, and uh, they'll finish up with uh, Pittsburgh, uh, but then after their Pirates series, they got a weekend series hosting the uh, Phillies, who've been pretty good. Speaking of pretty good, post All Star break, that's the Texas Rangers. They might be for real. As uh, they're currently five and zero to uh, start off the uh, break, and they're off on Thursday, but they got a, a tough weekend series with the uh, Dodgers there in uh, Texas. The Astros, they're five hundred to begin uh, right now. They're two and two. They finish or they start a four game set with the A's coming up on Thursday. Uh, the Mariners, uh, they're two and three, and they're still trying to. Scratch and claw their way. Probably not going to happen in the West, but they're still alive in the wild card uh, race. We'll take a look at the standings here in a second. Uh, but they're going to finish up with the Twins on Thursday. And then, like I mentioned, uh, that series with Toronto and the Angels. A lot of talk of whether they're going to get rid of Shohei or not. Don't think it's going to happen from what the owners have said and the decision makers uh, there. As long as they're in the race. They're not going to get rid of Shohei. And as of right now, you know, they lost the series against the Astros. Uh, they did win that game uh, in extra innings, 13-12, to uh, but they dropped 2 of 3. They have taken the first two games with the uh, Yankees. They're off on Thursday, and they get a, a weekend series with the uh, Pirates uh, coming up there. On the NL side, ah, man, it has been a uh, not great start. Uh, for the uh, Braves or the Marlins as the uh, Braves, they uh, won uh, the first game back, but then they lost the series to the White Sox. How do you do that? They lost two of three. They lost that game uh, the other night against the Diamondbacks. Uh, They'll finish up their series with Arizona on Thursday, uh, and they'll travel to Milwaukee for a series with the uh, Brewers this weekend. Uh, The uh, Marlins, they're finishing up with the Cardinals and uh, they got swept by Baltimore. They're on the verge of getting swept by the Cards. And they'll take a day off on Thursday. And they got a weekend series with the Rockies. So they need to right the uh, ship as they've actually lost the uh, wild card uh, right now. As the Phillies, they've started off 3-1 and one to begin the uh, break. As they, sw- uh, they didn't sweep the Padres. They took 2-3. of three. Uh, Well, actually, they took 3-4. of four. They played a doubleheader on a Saturday uh, there it looks like and uh, then we'll finish up with uh, Milwaukee on Thursday actually and then they'll start that series with uh, the Guardians this weekend I did have the Mets still posted here I'm really kind of monitoring them until the uh, deadline uh, to see if they're going to be major sellers and who they exactly uh, get rid of uh, because uh, they are pretty far back in the uh, standings right now. They are 17 and a half games back in uh, the uh, East. And uh, there also are eight games back in the wild card. Uh, but uh, they are 2-2 two and two to uh, start off the All-Star break. And uh, they finish up with the White Sox on Thursday. And then they travel to Fenway to take on the Red Sox this weekend. Uh, the Central... The Reds, man, what has happened as they got swept by the Brewers and that allowed Milwaukee back in the lead in the uh, Central. I know that Milwaukee lost the other night to uh, the Phillies, but uh, so it did Cincinnati. They lost that wild game against the uh, Giants, and then they lost that uh, finishing up that game against the Giants uh, yesterday as well, so... Reds have started off 0-5 to begin the All-Star break uh, there. And uh, they, like I mentioned, their lead slipped away. Now they're two and a half back in uh, the uh, Central, and they're three games back of the uh, wild card. As I mentioned there with the Phillies, they've overtaken the uh, Marlins by a half game right now in the uh, wild card uh, standings uh, there. And uh, Milwaukee, they got that series with Atlanta 
coming up this weekend, and uh, Cincinnati has a series with the uh, Diamondbacks after they finish with uh, San Francisco on a Thursday. Uh, the Cubbies, well, they didn't do so hot to start off the All-Star break. They lost 2-3 of three against the uh, Red Sox, and then they lost the opening game of the series with the Nationals. So uh, they did win that game the other night, 17-2-3. They'll finish up with the Nationals with their 2-3, and three, and we got a four-game set. That's right, it's Cubs versus Cardinals for four there in Wrigley this weekend and if you're wondering over on 98.9 the uh, game 610 pregame show start on thursday 1225 for the next three days after that friday saturday and a sunday all our 1225 pregame show starts uh there for the uh, cubs and uh, cardinals there in the uh, friendly confines of wrigley field uh there as I have already talked about, uh, the Cardinals are 4-1 and one right now out of the uh, break. And the uh, West, you got the uh, Dodgers. They took 2-3 of three against uh, the Mets, and uh, they took the first two against Baltimore. And they're 4-1 and one post-break. They got the day off on Thursday. But then this weekend, as I mentioned, they're going to be at Texas. Uh, San Francisco, they've come out hot. They're 5-0 and since the uh, break. They swept the Pirates, and they're on the verge of sweeping the Reds as well. They'll finish up with them uh, tomorrow, and then uh, they'll get the Nationals this weekend in D.C. Uh, Arizona, not so hot to begin the uh, break except for last night. Uh, they got swept by the Blue Jays, and then they got Cincinnati this weekend, and that's going to be at the Reds. And the Padres, I also am monitoring them as well uh, at the deadline to see if they're going to sell off any pieces or not. I would be surprised if they sold off many uh, big-name pieces there. I haven't really heard about a lot of people uh, there. I know a couple of people have thrown out uh, Soto, but maybe that's just pipe dreams uh, there. They do have a soft game uh, series this weekend with the uh, Tigers uh, there. Uh, but the uh, standings currently right now in the uh, East, as I mentioned, the Rays coming up with that uh, weekend series with Baltimore only in one game lead right there. Uh, Toronto five and a half uh, back. Red Sox and Yankees eight and nine games respectively. It's all right. Baltimore does lead the wild card race. They're five and a half up on the number one wild card spot. Uh, Toronto is right there, and Houston is. Uh, in a second place in the West, they trail the Rangers four and a half games on the Rangers five game winning streak that they got going on right now. Uh, Texas does have a nine game lead on both the uh, Angels and uh, Seattle and uh, the Angels and Mariners also trail four and a half games in the wild card as well. Uh, Red Sox one and a half back of the Astros and the Yankees two and a half back of Houston as well. In the uh, National League, as the uh, Phillies, they've taken advantage of this Marlins losing streak as uh, Phillies can't put a dent in that uh, East lead for the Braves, even though the Braves have lost three in a row. Uh, nine and a half back are Philadelphia, but as I mentioned a moment ago, they're overtaking the Marlins currently uh, right now, so Philly owns that last call last wild card spot uh the uh, reds losing streak that they are on they've actually lost six in a row and uh they're two and a half back as i mentioned in the central cubs seven and a half and the cardinals have done it they're out of the cellar come back here we come they're 10 games back of the brewers and cards are 10 and a half back in the wild card as well simple easy peasy comeback uh, there with the four-game win streak that St. Louis is on, and Pirates dropped five in a row as well. Into the West, the Dodgers, they have a one-and-a-half game lead over the uh, Giants as uh, they've gained a little bit of ground as San Francisco, but uh, Dodgers have kind of righted the ship there. And, I mean, uh, San Francisco, they are a uh, seven-game win streak, but the Dodgers, four-and-one, as I mentioned, Giants... Haven't lost yet. Uh, so made up with some ground, but probably not as much as you would want if you're a Giants fan. Uh, Diamondbacks, two and a half back right now. And the Padres, ten and a half back in the uh, West. 
as uh, Giants and Diamondbacks both own the wild card uh, right now with the Phillies, but the Giants are currently number one wild card slot. Uh, Diamondbacks uh, half game back there in the second wild card spot. And as I mentioned, Philly in the third wild card. Races starting to get tight there in the uh, East in the American League. Brewers back on top in the Central. Giants trying to close in. They're always hanging around. Uh, but some disappointing starts to the second half for the Diamondbacks. Bad starts for the Reds. Uh, the Rangers looking like they're for real uh, there. I said previously uh, the Rangers do have the Dodgers this weekend, but then the big series is the next week against the Astros. They got a three-game set there at Houston. But that's a look in a reset of a Major League of Baseball in the uh, start of the uh, second half. Next thing I have here on the uh, docket is NASCAR. And a recap last weekend and also recap Pick'em as well. And last week in the uh, I almost said Nashville. That was a couple weeks ago. Uh, in, last week in New Hampshire, it was Martin Truex Jr. capturing his uh, third win of the uh, season there for uh, Martin. As uh, man, it just seems like uh, NASCAR has had some tough luck this year. As another day it was rained out and had to move the race to uh, Monday, uh, but Martin Truex Jr. won the uh, race. Uh, so. He was already in the uh, playoffs, but uh, obviously with uh, multiple wins uh, there, as he has, uh, he's tied with Kyle Busch for the most uh, or the second most wins in the series this year. Uh, William Byron uh, is number one overall in the standings, but he has four wins currently uh, this year, and so uh, Martin Truex Jr. there is in second, and Kyle Busch is third. Kyle Larson's in fourth, uh, Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. are the uh, uh, drivers with Bush, Truex, and Byron locked in to the playoffs with the uh, wins that they have. Six more races to go. So from 12 to 16 is Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Chris Buescher, Bubba Wallace, Michael McDowell. Those guys fighting for a playoff positioning to lock them in to the playoffs. Currently, right now, on the outside looking in, Daniel Suarez in 17th. 18th is A.J. Allmendinger. And Daniel Suarez actually is only a point off. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger is uh, only 20 off. Uh, 19th is Ty Gibbs. He's 41 back. And of that uh, final 16th spot, and Alex Bowman is 42 back as well, and also something to monitor as well with uh, Chase Elliott being out with uh, injuries that he's had as well. He currently is the most popular driver in NASCAR. Currently, he's 60 points out of that last spot there, so he needs a win in these uh, final six races to uh, clinch that uh, playoff spot because I'm not going to say it's impossible to do, but 60 points is seems like a quite a lot to uh, make up. Obviously, I'm not the uh, NASCAR expert here. Eric is the man to turn for that expertise uh, there. But Chase really needs a win here. Uh, final races are uh, we're at Pocono this week. You got Richmond coming up, Michigan, the Indy Road Course. You also got Watkins Glen, which is also another road course. And then uh, finish up the regular season there in a Daytona, Daytona, the night race uh, there. And uh, if you remember last year here in Pocono, Chase Elliott was ended up being the winner, but he didn't exactly do it on the track per se in the traditional sense. As if you remember last year here in Pocono, he was declared the winner of the Eminem's Fan Appreciation 400 after the original race winner, Denny Hamlin, and the second-place finisher, Kyle Busch, were disqualified following post-race inspection failure. And so uh, Chase Elliott was awarded the dub, and that was his fourth win of the year last year. And obviously this year he doesn't have any. And also the disqualifications of Hamlin and Busch elevated Tyler Reddick 
he finished in second. And Daniel Suarez, he moved up to the podium as well, finishing up in a third place last year here at Pocono. So uh, Chase really needs uh, this win here uh, this week. And obviously I cannot pick him there in uh, NASCAR pick him because I've already uh, used the Chase uh, this season, I do have a lot of uh, drivers that are still in it here in the uh, playoffs and really need uh, some wins to uh, clinch their spots uh, there and still fighting for a playoff position as well with uh, six races to go before the playoffs and also six races to go before we finish up the regular season of NASCAR Pick'em as well. And as Eric always reminds me that the our Pick'em resets as well coming up in the playoffs as well so uh, that's something to monitor and something to look forward to as well now uh, eric is the man to take care of the nascar documents and for our nascar pick em. i always seem to forget to write down eric's picks but I did, in fact, do it last uh, week because I anticipated him being gone. And so uh, I was the uh, winner of last week's pick em. I picked Harrison Burton, and Eric picked Ryan Priest. And Harrison Burton finished in 20th, and Ryan Priest ended up eight spots back, finishing at 28. Uh, I was victorious once again, and I climb and scratch and claw my way back into uh, things. So here's the plan for uh, this week. We plan on revealing the uh, picks on uh, social media. We'll have it uh, posted to uh, at least to Facebook. Try to get it up on uh, Twitter as well. But uh, that's where we're going to be uh, revealing uh, the uh, picks this week since uh, Eric is not here in a studio with me. And so we will get the uh, picks uh, coming in for the uh, Pocono 400 this weekend we go to the uh, Triangle 130 on a Sunday, or at least fingers crossed, we hope. And so that would be a good Sunday if it all works out uh, for us. Watch the Open Championship on Sunday morning and then uh, tune in to some NASCAR as well. All right, I think I have uh, cleared the deck as I uh, have a cleared all the uh, topics we'll continue to uh, monitor uh, the uh, situation with uh, baseball and it's a second half and uh, we'll definitely uh, be back to uh, talk about the uh, Cubs and uh, Cardinals this series we got that four game set there in uh, Wrigley so we'll be back to uh, recap that all uh, and uh, see where we where the teams stand as we inch closer in and closer to uh, the uh, deadline next Wednesday. That will be our last show before the deadline, so we'll see if uh, the trades can become clear, if something happens uh, by the time the 26th rolls around our next episode. Uh, we'll have to see what the Cardinals look like. We'll see if Otani gets dealt or any other big names that gets dealt at the uh, deadline uh, there, if the Cardinals sell off some pieces and start to make some moves for 2024, we shall see uh, there. And then the following uh, podcast will recap everything that happened in the uh, trade deadline as well as two weeks. Two weeks from now, we will be in August as we uh, not only ramp up uh, coverage uh, in August, we're going to be ramping up coverage uh, for all things uh, football. We got the uh, uh, actual radio show returning in August. Uh, the third week in, in August there is what we're going to uh, pencil in uh, for those plans. Uh, we're going to be ramping up uh, college football coverage. I am waiting, just like the rest of Alina Nation. We were promised new uniforms for this upcoming season. They haven't been revealed yet. And hopefully by the time that this drops or the time that you listen to this, uniforms will be uh, unveiled. It's about time. The clock is ticking. Uh, Coach Bielema said that some manufacturer problems uh, were one of the reasons why. And uh, the players actually have uh, seen them. And uh, some other uh, personnel have seen them as well. They're just waiting for an official reveal. So I am waiting patiently uh, for that uh, as well. So we'll be ramping up college football coverage 
We'll be ramping up NFL coverage. We got divisions to uh, take a look at. Since that I've been locked into that quarterback series on Netflix, I have been now in the mindset of, and really since the Cardinals have done awful, I'm locked into football. I've got football on the brain. It's right there in the front since uh, watching that Netflix series, and I'm ready for some uh, football to uh, uh, start. I'll have to get back to you uh, on uh, that. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, and then of course, high school football ramping up coverage there as well as the n- next episode that will drop. It'll be about a month until we get uh, football back up and going at the high school level there i gotta get back to that phone call and that will do it for me here on the start atlanta podcast thanks for listening to me and babble and ramble on and on for the last hour kudos to you pat yourself on the back as i'll be back next week to talk more sports with you here on the start atlanta As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. I will catch you next time. Peace.